in Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse uh, 12. Yeah, verse 12. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So we're just getting caught up where we are in our notes. We'll get be back there in just a minute. But uh, we are on page, page five. Yes, top of page five. Thank you. And uh, so we're, we're continuing the part where it's work out your salvation. That's on page four. Work out your salvation. And I'll read the top paragraph just to get us caught up. This is not us working for, and that's, that's on the verse where it says, um, um, For wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So letter A there at the top of page five is, This is not us working for or earning our salvation, but us standing on God's work in us and working out or manifesting outwardly God's work in us beyond faith in Christ, to walking with God and serving God in this world. So the thought is, is once you're born again and you're saved, what God has started, what he has put on the inside needs to be worked outside our lives. And so other people can see what God has done, what God is doing. And so uh, in your in this handout, God's works are meant to be seen. I'm just going to hit the points here until we get to the bottom. This is all part of the mysterious working of God in our lives as we grow in him from faith to faith. And from glory to glory. I just read in Psalm 84 this morning uh, that we are to go from strength to strength. So I wish I'd put that in there too. <laughs> but uh, number two is as we grow in Christ and become like him, his work in us is manifested and is beautiful. And number three at the bottom where we left off last week, as we do our father's will, our lives are filled with good works and we will be ministering to the needs of others and our works will glorify the Lord. And so we uh, we read those, those two verses here. And then verse number th- uh, letter, letter C is Titus 3, 8. This is a faithful saying. And these things I will that thou affirm constantly that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. So we do not work for our salvation, but we are to have good works. And we read uh, uh, Matthew five sixteen, that which uh, says, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I need to. Um, I need to just read read it before I misquote it. Five sixteen. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And so we've talked about this before that a lot of the Christian life is yielding unto God, unto God because there are so many things that push on us, pull on us, that want to persuade us. We are to have God guide our lives. And we are to yield to him. And as we yield to him, he empowers us to live for him and bring glory to him and do good works. And so at every point in the Christian life, it's God's power that accomplishes everything. Our place is simply to yield to him and to follow him. And then he gives us grace to live for him and bring glory to him. So I'm going to read this letter C again. Titus 3, this is a faithful saying. And these things I will that thou affirm constantly that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. So I have a letter D on the bottom. Our works either confirm or deny what we say we are. So if you're a born again believer and I say and and I say I'm a Christian, but my works do not align with that. My life does not align with that. 
And you act and present to the world the same thing that you find everywhere else, everywhere around you. Then listen, your life will say you can say, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus Christ. I am saved. I'm going to heaven. But you do not act like it. Then what your life says in your the way you carry yourself actually says just the opposite. And listen, there's so many people that can quickly identify a hypocrite. We know that's true. And people even apply it where it doesn't apply. People will constantly say of Christians, oh, well, they're all just hypocrites. Well, you know, none of us are perfect. None of us are without flaw. We will all make mistakes and we will all, you know, sin. We will all, you know, not be who we should be at all times. But we should all have the, the, the desire to follow the Lord Jesus Christ and and grow in him. As we read at the beginning of this, grow from faith to faith, glory to glory. And in Psalm 84, strength to strength. That should be the manner or the pattern of our lives. And if that is not the pattern of our life, then our life will speak contrary to when I say I'm a Christian. If you say I'm a Christian, but you do not act like someone even trying to be a Christian, then what you will do is discredit yourself. And so um, that's that's all of us need to be conscious of that testimony. And uh, so in Titus one, again, we're still back in the book of Titus. So in Titus one. In verse 15 through 16. It says unto the pure, all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure, but even their mind and conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God. But in works, they deny him being abominable and disobedient unto every good work reprobate. And so you see that that verse 16, they profess that they know God. So someone can say, I, I know God. I, I have a relationship with God. But in works, they deny him being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work reprobate. And we've seen so many times throughout the scriptures. You see with Saul, the first king of Israel and how God at, at, at the beginning was at work in his life. And he used Saul. But Saul became disobedient. He, Saul put other things as the way in which he was going to follow. That when he was told by God, go and slay the Amalekites. And listen, the Amalekites, they had, they had attacked Israel when Israel was passing through the land of Canaan. And, uh, and they had come up behind and, and killed the weakest of them. And they were a despicable enemy. And, and God said he would never forget what Amalek, uh, uh, Amalek had done. And so God told Saul, I remember what Amalek has done. Go and slay them all. And he told them, don't put your hands on the spoil. And or, or they were to slay all of the animals, all the people, everything. It was it was a judgment of God. And when Saul went, they they partially obeyed. In other words, they they slew the worst of the worst, but the best of the animals they kept alive. And Saul kept the king alive, the king of Amalek. And so that partial obedience was full disobedience <laughs> and it was it was something that that did brought dishonor to Saul and to to him following him him identifying himself as, as as God's man and that's going to be the true for every person partial obedience is full disobedience and so our our place is to recognize God has the right to command our lives and for us to bring glory to him then that's the only way we're going to be able to do that is by full obedience. So it's our testimony for Christ. And that will either credit uh, our testimony or it will discredit our testimony. So back in the Philippians handout, finish that. What was that? 
<laughs> okay. Yeah, progress. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and you know, we've said this before. Our our goal is not to get through a handout. It's to learn for God to teach us. And so that's what we're seeking here. And so, uh, lo, so the next thing down from the letter A in your notes is to will and to do of his good pleasure. And that's back in Philippians where it says, uh, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Verse 13, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So God is working in us to will or, or my desire is to live for God. That's God's work that pr- produces that desire. Uh, and and I, 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 I'm sure I'm not the only one. I know there are believers, and I, I guess I feel a little envious about them, that when they got saved, their lives were 180 different. A hundred percent change throughout their thoughts, processes, and everything. And me, I was not like that. I was saved as a boy, and I don't know. It, I, I was a slow burn. <laughs> I was a, a slow simmer. <laughs> But listen, God has been at work in my life. And uh, and so I guess my point is, is I am here today and I, I'm not bragging or anything. I'm just saying I, I want to live for God. I want to follow him. And God is the one who produces that in a Christian's life. I, I hope you guys get where I'm going with this, that if you if there's anything that we can point to and say, well, that that's something I recognize, even that the smallest thing. The smallest part of this of the equation is God's work that produces it. It's not that Brett has suddenly decided I want to be a spiritual man. I want to make a good, solid decision and follow God. Well, that would be something to applaud. But that at every level is something that God is at work doing in us. And so I think this work, this verse supports that for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So just the willingness to follow God, the willingness to be obedient to God. And, I, you know, again, I think that so many of us go down the wrong trail when we think that we're pleasing God simply by going to church or by reading your Bible or by praying. Listen, all those things are things that we should do, but you can't please God by doing something that he tells you to do. And there's so many of us that think, hey, man, I didn't do this thing that I was tempted to do. I bet God's happy with me. It's kind of like saying to a police officer, hey, I didn't rob that bank over there. Shouldn't I get an award? <laughs> Listen, that whole perspective is, is flawed. God gives us commandments to live our lives. We should simply obey. You know, it's like a, a child who, you know, was told take out the trash and he takes out the trash and he comes in and he wants an award. You don't, you don't get an award for doing what I tell you to do. <laughs> You're rewarded. You get dinner. <laughs> you get to you get to go to bed and have covers on and a pillow and, and a roof over your head. You know, that's yeah, that I, that's always been the way. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, so let this mind be in you. So uh, this this whole process, you know, we we follow Christ's example. This this Christ always gave us the way in which to accomplish his father's will. And so verse 13 is, uh, again, what we just read. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And so this is here in your notes. Number one, even our willingness to serve God 
uh, is his work in us. Our part is to choose to deny ourselves and follow him. And so our place is to deny, deny ourselves. And that's that's the, the point, the juncture inside every one of us where you either choose to be obedient to God, you choose to follow God, you you seek to do his will. That's that's the juncture at which you either turning and following God or you're not you're being you're being disobedient. But you look here in Matthew chapter or Mark chapter eight, verse thirty four. It's here in the notes. And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto unto them, whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And so we are following his example. The Lord Jesus said, whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And so if you're going to be a Christian following the Lord Jesus Christ, essentially a sheep in his pet in his fold, then it's going to be a life of self-denial. That's just the way it plays out for every one of us, because we have an old man. We have an old man's desires and they have to be denied because you can't be a servant of God while you're serving the flesh. It's one or the other. It's it's a it's a binary thing. Zero or one. You're either following God or you're not following God. And so our place is to accept that whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. The idea also there and not all the gospels say that this one includes that thought of take up his cross and follow me. The idea is that our old man must be crucified. And, I, and I've said this many times, and I think it's true that many of us believe that we need to make a, a pact, come to an agreement, make a compromise. No, <laughs> the Christian life is one of deny yourself. In other words, not what is best for me, not what is most comfortable for me, not which is that which is most desirable for me. Because if not, listen, what we'll all be seeking to do is become Bill Gates to become a rich man. And, you know, listen, listen, the Bible spells these things out for us that this is not the desire for his people that God wants us to have. Listen, it's not that there's anything wrong with having money. It's the, the desire for the money. The Bible says in Timothy, you know, it's the root of all evil, <laughs> the love of money, not money, the love of money. And yet many of us, if left to ourselves, will go down this path of seeking to gain money. Riches, power, influence, whatever it is, that is not the life for a Christian. God tells us the life for a Christian is to follow Christ. And what kind of life did Christ lead? Not one of self-fulfillment. He lived a life of entire service and surrender, service to God, surrender to it, to his father. And also that of serving others. He put other people's needs before himself 24 seven. And really, that's I, I don't know. I've never met a person that I think I could say that they are as totally surrendered as Jesus Christ was. You know, he, even the Lord was so 100 percent committed to his work that he never sought to do anything else. And even to the point where the tax people came <laughs> and said uh, to Peter, doth thy master pay taxes? I'm, I'm misquoting here. And uh, and Peter said, yes, <laughs> I always think this is funny. I don't know why. <laughs> and so Peter came and, and before the, he had a chance to speak, the Lord prevented him and said, uh, you know, uh, of whom do the do the masters of the earth take taxes of their of their own children or of, or of others? And he said others. And he said, then are the children free. 
but nevertheless, lest we should offend them. And then he tells Peter to go and do what he had done for a profession all of his life, I guess, and, and go pull up the first fish. It would have a piece of gold. It would pay Peter's taxes and the Lord's taxes. You see how the Lord never stopped his work. <laughs> he never ceased to be obedient to God. And listen, I, again, I'm, I don't think I'm telling anybody here. It's a constant struggle to just stay, keep your eyes on the Lord, much less be obedient to him all the time. You know, the tax man comes to me and I, I start thinking, I got I got to go out and get a second job. I got to do this, this and this. God has ways of providing for us. I'm not saying we shouldn't consider other ways. I'm just saying that we should concern ourselves with primarily being obedient to God and like the Bible says, you know, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. And I think sometimes people uh, assign these things to, well, that's that's just religion. That's just something that's good to read in Sunday school and in church service. And you say, well, that's that's a lovely homily. That's not true. Listen, if you're going to be a follower of Christ, this is life. This is life as a Christian. God says, you follow me, I will take care of your needs. You obey me, I will take care of your needs. And listen, the, the application of that is not always easy for us to understand. That doesn't mean that God doesn't want us to do hard work. <laughs> he very, the life of a Christian is hard work. But it's not necessarily going out and spending three times as much time in your job so you can pay the primary. Listen, I, I am certain that God can provide for all of our needs and provide for our family's needs without us having to do that. And the world is changing. Everybody, I'm sure, in this room is aware of that. We are getting half the groceries for more money. We were at the store yesterday and ended up spending twice as much. and We got a little less than what we got the last time. So listen, but none of these things hinder God from being able to provide for his people. Our place is to trust in him and say, Lord, take care of me and my family. Take care of my brothers and sisters. Take care of my co-workers and neighbors. And, and I, I do believe there's been a great deal of mishandling of our country and our resources. But it doesn't change the fact that my job as a Christian is to follow the Lord Jesus Christ and trust in him for my family's needs. And God is able to provide for us. And so we are following his example. Again, Matthew chapter 20. It's not in your notes, but Matthew chapter 20. And verse 25, Matthew 20, verse 25. But Jesus called, un, called them unto him and said, Ye know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. And so the Lord Jesus mentioning to his disciples, because they had these discussions from time to time about who would be the greatest among them. <laughs> you know? and, and our minds can't help but go there. I don't know that maybe there are people whose minds don't go there, but <laughs> our minds cannot help but seem to seek great things for thyself. There's a, 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 a an assistant to Jeremiah in the Old Testament, and the world was flying apart for Jeremiah. They call we call him the weeping prophet. You know, and, and he was delivering a message that nobody wanted to hear and it was only bad news for Israel. And so he was not loved. 
by the people. You know, but there were people that believed his messages came from God. But most of the time, people were rejecting him and rejecting the message, every part of it. And so in the whole midst of this, he had a, uh, an assistant, someone who was a scribe, and his name is Baruch. And at times, Baruch is like, the, the world is flying apart. What am I going to do? And, and there's another point in which, you know, he's delivering this message. And then the, there's a message for Baruch. And he says, and seekest thou great things for thyself? Seek them not. You know, that's the thing. It doesn't, it doesn't seem to matter who we are. It doesn't seem to matter what your situation is. It doesn't seem to matter. Your mind can still seem to gravitate to the wrong thing at the wrong time. Brother Alvin. Right. Right. Yeah. Amen. That's that's what we were talking about earlier. He lived it. You know, if he said this is what you should do, do this. But he was a greedy, self-centered self, you know, you know, and it's just words. It's just words and it's empty if, if you don't live it. Yeah, you know, the key is to keep your eyes on the Lord and just just keep going in his direction and the Lord will do his work in us. That's that's what this passage is all about, to will and to do of his good pleasure. And so and, and we I think we've also said this many times, too, that uh, that a lot of us can recognize, OK, this would all be good, but we don't know how to do it. You know? And it's God who does it in us both, again, to will to, to say, I, I want to live for the Lord that that also is a transformation, but it has to go outwardly from from the inside out. And so the Lord, again, is our example here. Whose servant will be chief among you? Let him be your servant. 
Verse 28, even as the son of man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister to give his life a ransom for many. And so to will and to do number two, we have just a few minutes here to will and to do serving. God must go beyond the planning stages or it is not serving God. Listen, there has never been a shortage of people in the church that have planned or thought or said, I want to do this. I want to serve God. I, but putting shoe leather to that, <laughs> that's the difference. Taking the first step. And listen, the first step, I think, is the hardest part of practically everything. You know, that person who says, I need to start exercising. It's post-holiday season, and I have put on weight. <laughs> I had trouble buttoning this button this morning. <laughs> I prayed, Lord, please help me get this. <laughs> and it's post Christmas and I have birthdays. We have birthdays in our family next week and all these things, you know, and yet to get beyond the planning stages of I need to lose weight. You know, you have to actually step out the door and walk or run or ride bikes or something. You have to start. Exercise. Yeah. yeah so I, my, my prayer is, Lord, I need to make good decisions about eating, sleeping, exercising. <laughs> and uh, and if you if you can't, you know, then you're only going to keep keep going down the, the, the way. And so uh, to will and to do serving God must go beyond the planning stages or it is not serving God. In Matthew, chapter seven, I'm fond of these verses to so refer to them a lot. Matthew, chapter seven, verse uh, twenty four. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. So it's not just hearing. Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. And so, of course, the Lord Jesus, he, he spake so often in parables, parables that that illustrate a spiritual truth, doctrine, a, a something that you we got to know about the guiding of our lives. And the Lord Jesus said, it's not enough just to hear my words. Uh, you know, I was raised in Arkansas. I was raised in the Bible Belt. And listen, I, I am thankful for that because it's good to be exposed to the exhortation to live for God. That's good. <laughs> and, and I was uh, led to the Lord by a neighbor that came and his kids got me and they told me and then his father, they brought me to their dad and he led me to Christ. So I, I very much praise the Lord for that. And. And yet you, you do. It's 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 not uncommon, no matter where you go, to have people who claim God, claim Christ and put the accoutrements of Christianity all over them. But they haven't actually walked. They haven't walked the walk. And listen, you can't do that. It's not even just about your testimony. Listen, you can't be you can't accomplish anything for God. And your life cannot be bettered in any way except you actually follow the Lord Jesus Christ in your life, in your choices that you make and in your actions. And so the Lord Jesus said, you have to hear and do his works. And the result of this, the person who hears God's words 
and obeys and does the things that he hears the Lord Jesus say, they're building their house upon a rock. That's the life that they are, that they're, that's the life, how their lives will turn out. You've built your life upon your, your house upon a rock. And the person who does not do that, the person who hears but does not obey, oh, that's the clock. That's what it is. I'm like, what? <laughs> so I guess it's just not going to stop, is it? <laughs> hey, man, I got a couple more minutes. <laughs> it did stop. It did not stop. Okay. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> listen, until Pastor shows up there, we're just going to listen to that. <laughs> so it's building our house, uh, living or, or hearing the Lord's words and obeying. That's how we're building our house upon a rock. Okay. So, uh, did you find it? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so serving God must go beyond the planning stages or it is not serving God. Matthew chapter 3, or Mark chapter 3, I'm sorry. Mark chapter 3. We got a couple more minutes, folks. Mark chapter... You got a whole half hour? <laughs> I don't think Pastor will let me go half an hour. <laughs> Mark chapter 3, verse 31. There came then his brethren and his mother... Uh, and uh, and there came his, then his brother brethren and his mother and standing without sent unto him calling him and the multitude sat about him and they said unto him behold thy mother and thy brethren without seek for thee and he answered them saying who is my mother or my brethren and he looked round about on them that which sat about him and said behold my mother and my brethren for whosoever shall do the will of God the same as my brother and my sister and my mother. And so the Lord Jesus is teaching or preaching and uh, and his mother and his brethren, his his half brothers all came and they they wanted him to come and talk to them. And so the people noticed and they said, your mother and your brethren are waiting. They want to talk to you. And he said, who is my mother or my brethren? Those that do the will of God. They are the same. They are my mother and my brethren. And what he says there is very interesting. Yes, sir. We're closing up. I don't know. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Listen, it started. It started at 10:40. So we're like, hey, man, we got minutes, and so uh, somebody took, made a command decision. <laughs> we're circling the circling the wagons. We ain't telling who it is. <laughs> So as they uh, as as this happened, he looked round about on them which sat about him and said, behold, my mother and my brethren, for whosoever shall do the will of God, the same as my brother and my sister and my mother. And I, I think that there's a lot of things about this. One of those being is that, you know, even family should not deter you from putting God first and serving him. And doing God's will for your life. And I think there's probably been many missionaries, many preachers who had to disregard what their family was saying. You can't do this. You can't. If you do this, then something bad will happen or or you won't you won't have the ideal situation or whatever. And our place is to put put that. It's not that you you don't care about them anymore. It's that you put God first. You put God in that place of preeminence. But it, but there's a, a, a most important thing beyond this is the Lord Jesus, he says this, Christ placed the servants of the Lord as his brethren. He put the servants of God as 
close to him as his mother and his brothers. It's very important for us to understand what the Lord is illustrating with that is for us in the family of God, for us to both illustrate the truth and for us to, in you know, I think clearly there's an endearing of affection here that the Lord loves those who do the father's will. And there's so many things about this and, and, and we're not going to have time to, to look at them. I, I wanted to get there today. But, but I, I am thankful we got here. Christ placed the servants of the Lord as his brethren. And so listen, I, I, I want that. I want the Lord to look in my life and, and be pleased to claim me as family for doing the Lord's will. Not just hearing it. Not just taking Christian things and tacking them on, but to do the will of God. That's what God's calling us all to. And of course, we all recognize the difference between saying and doing. But a lot of people don't take that to the point of spiritual things. They all think that, that, that you could just say you're a Christian. You can just go to church and that's enough. Listen, that's, that's far from the truth. Our place is to do the will of God, not just simply hear it. So uh, we better close right there. Thank you, Lord, for this time. We do thank you, Lord, for your will. We thank you for your teaching us and we do pray for your help for us to you'd help us to keep our eyes upon you and not to hear the voice of anything or anyone calling us back but help us to be followers of you as your dear children and please bless everyone here today and uh teach us all lord we pray in the coming hour holy spirit we pray to meet with us bless a pastor help him to speak with your words and your grace and your power help us all to have room in our hearts to receive it and uh help us all to be followers of you and bring glory to you. And thank you for everyone here today. Bless uh, those who could not be here today but wanted to be. And we thank you and ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.